interests in health and well-being with different perspectives to bring you a variety of tips and tricks for feeling your best and living a full, healthy life. Let's get started. on Sunday um, before this episode goes live and I gosh I loved recording this episode so much Kelly was incredible Kelly is the founder of Lark Ellen Farm and she has created my favorite granola um, it's sprouted it's raw and it doesn't make my stomach hurt so I'm obsessed and I reached out to her when I saw that she was located in Ojai because Ojai is one of my favorite places in the entire country. I just, I, the first time I ever stepped foot in this adorable town, I thought I, I have to live here. I have to move here someday. Um, we'll see if that happens, but it's just gorgeous farmland and these just majestic mountains. And you just feel like you've been transported to another world. And Kelly actually told me that there is, um, folklore that says, the mountains have healing crystals inside of them, and I swear it feels like it. We sound like we're a little woo-woo on this podcast, but I absolutely love it because it went in a direction that you wouldn't think when we're talking about, you know, food and granola and production and things like that. So I love when these things happen, and we talked about Kelly's morning routine and how she winds down in the evening um, and what life is like on Lark Ellen um, farm and, uh, you know, whether or not that is truly a farm or the, the farm in theory with chickens and, um, herbs and, and all of that. So this was, um, it's such a great episode. I brought Dave and Wyland, uh, up to Ojai for the day and we just had such a nice time. The weather, this time of year in October is just perfect. It was just so perfect. I loved it. So I hope you guys love this episode as much as I did. And uh, if you want to get your own Lark Ellen granola, my favorite is the vanilla cinnamon, but I also love the pumpkin fig right now. DM me, send me a message, and I'll um, share a promo code for you that Kelly was kind enough to provide for 10% off. You can also find uh, Lark Ellen Farm products at Whole Foods, which I love because I'm always at Whole Foods. So I hope you enjoy this, and um, here we go. Excellent. So I am here with Kelly Scanlon of Lark Ellen Farm. I'm actually here at your facility, which is amazing. Where is the farm exactly? So where are you get are you getting your products locally? Are they being shipped in? Tell me a little bit about that. I don't think we've talked about yeah, that yet. <laughs> well, farm is a, is a little bit of um, just a sort of a name for the the little property that I live on. Uh, it's about a half acre little farm, and we have. 14, 15 different types of fruit trees, and we have uh, chickens mm -hmm. that free range, oh. and we grow vegetables and that type of thing. Um, it's uh, everything there is organic, and it's a, it's a really nice property, but it's not necessarily a working farm, and we we don't produce enough to be able to use in the products. Okay. Um, so, but we uh, but that's really where the genesis of of everything started started in my kitchen mm -hmm. it um at lark ellen is the name of the street so oh. it's lark ellen avenue and then we called my little farm lark ellen farm and so that's where the name came i from. love that I, I i've just been i think it's one of those things where when you when something's on your mind you see it everywhere like the red car theory right when you buy a red car all of a sudden everybody has a red car because you're noticing it everyone I know now has chickens and I want to live somewhere where I can have chickens and a garden and have my own eggs and my own herbs. And you're so lucky that you've got that. I That's feel amazing. so blessed. And the, the chickens are such a source of entertainment. Uh, when I come home from work, I, I open my door and they hear me and they come running. And if oh you've ever God. seen chickens run, it's hysterical. Like they're crazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, Chicken with their head cut off, yeah, like exactly. that whole idea. They run and they fly and, yeah. they, you know, and they want to be picked up. They kind of sit down and they oh. uh, want you to pick them up. And uh, they like to eat out of your hands. And oh um, they're great uh, for pest control in the yard because they go around and they eat bugs and things. Oh, yeah. And, Occasionally, you know, they'll dig up lettuce or something you're trying to grow, but 
It's okay. Yeah. So you obviously are getting really, really great quality eggs from the chickens too. Yes. That's awesome. We get like five eggs a day. Wow. And so I'm always bringing them to work oh. to the employees or giving them to friends or making things out of them. Um, but there's nothing like a fresh egg. Yeah. It's just so good. So much different. You can always tell the difference in the yolk. So when I buy like higher quality eggs, at, usually at the grocery store, unfortunately, unless I have I can get to a farmer's market, but you can see the difference when you open up that egg and like the color of the yolk, and it just it's amazing. I had a friend who lived in Topanga, and they were on the quest to like create the perfect eggs. So we did a taste test. We had like five hard boiled eggs and some were speckled and some were brown and some were white. And I was like, this is amazing. But that brings me kind of to, I want to talk about, you know, why real food and growing your own food and food from the earth is so important to you. But first, can you tell me a little bit about the mission behind Lark Ellen Farm? I love that that kind of started in your kitchen and it's named after your own homestead. Um, so it's truly organic, you know, in creation and literally. Um, but what was the mission behind it and what is the goal behind Lark Ellen Farm? Well, the, the initial mission starting out was just to take care of my own body mm. and my and my family. Um, I had some real challenges with inflammation, and uh, I just wasn't feeling my best. And so I went through an elimination diet mm -hmm. where I cut out all the things that you know people tend to like, like wine and sugar. And, yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 I went off those things for a certain period of time, and then I went on a journey of adding uh, foods back in to try to figure out if there were foods that were impacting my body. And mm -hmm. I found that grains were really troublesome for me. Mm. I really couldn't handle most most grains. My joints would swell. And I'd always had this real ache in my knee mm. that I could just never really figure out how to get it to go away <laughs> without oh. taking ibuprofen. And when I cut out grains, it just stopped. Wow. And so uh, that's really how Lark Ellen started. But it really started my interest in how... Uh, important it is to feed your body and, and feed your soul too at mm -hmm. the same time. That <clears throat> taking care of your mind and your body and allowing uh, you to be in your most natural, you know, your most natural state, you know, just loving yourself, loving your body and feeling it with, with good positivity mm -hmm. is what I wanted for me and my family. Yeah. And so I was making these creations in my kitchen and I, I started learning about sprouting of nuts and seeds and and I just decided to take my new creations to the farmer's market here in a little town, Ohio that I live in. And uh, we have a wonderful farmer's market there on, on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. And I brought my, my new foods there and just started selling them and people were really enjoying them and wow. I started as actually the Ojai Granola Girl. Oh cute! <laughs> was the original name. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, That's cute. Um, so then I found out Granola Girl was trademarked and we went on a real journey to find a name and I don't know if you've ever tried to find a name for a company it's amazing how many things are already trademarked oh and once it's trademarked you know you can't use it for the same type of a mm -hmm. company so we were Driving my fam I was driving my family crazy <laughs> with ideas. And anyway, my dad finally one day kind of just got fed up with me and said, what do you guys think of this name? He goes, why don't you just call it Lark Ellen Farm? I mean, that's where it started, and that's really where you yeah. believe everything resonates from is this really happy, lovely home um, mm. that where you connect with nature and animals. And he's like, why don't you call it that? And so that's, that's how we came up with but the I name. I love that. So simple. So He's like, don't think about it too much. Right. Here's a perfect name. It's right here. <laughs> it's right in front I of us. I love that. Oh, that's so nice. That's so interesting that it kind of stemmed from your own personal um, journey, your health journey. I think so many of these things, they do. Our careers, our products, the things um, that we do. When you did the elimination diet, was, was it easily identifiable that grains were the culprit? Did you kind of recognize that right away? I didn't right away. No, it took me some time. Mm -hmm. um, I just felt so good. I didn't mm -hmm. want to go back. I almost didn't want to start adding foods back in. Yeah. And um, so I, I just 
but I did because I thought, you know, I can't, I need something that I can sustain. Right. right? And if you cut out everything you love. Right. <laughs> Plus, I didn't think it was healthy to cut out so many things. Yeah. You know, you need balance, right? Mm -hmm. So I started adding things back in. And boy, as soon as I added back in the grains, I could just feel it in my knees and my joints. And <clears throat> yeah. So. I think so many people don't realize that grains can cause inflammation. That that is, that's, you know, grains, soy, some of those products. That is very common, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. And, you know, things like quinoa, for example, not necessarily a grain, so that's a good alternative. You can still have, like, that grain-type bowl or that meal or that dish, and it doesn't necessarily have to have a grain. So when you created your granola, I want to talk about the sprouting process because okay. I'm really interested in this. I have noticed, so I found your products when I was um, kind of perusing through a Whole Foods about a year ago, and... The, the sprouted aspect piqued my interest because I find that traditional granola, one, is full of sugar and, and other things that I don't really love, um, but that they would make my stomach hurt. Like, I would get a little bit of, like, bloatedness, um, just like a stomach ache. Like, not just, it wasn't something I wanted to incorporate first thing in the morning. But with your granola, that doesn't happen. And I'm guessing that that's attributed to the, the process of sprouting. Can you just kind of talk us through that? Because I talk about that, too, like... I'll tell my clients to, you know, soak their beans or sprout their quinoa because it, it aids in the digestion. But as the expert, can you kind of walk us through that and why that's so beneficial to the gut? Absolutely. Well, I like to talk about things as they are in nature because I think most of the answers to a lot of the questions that we have, if we looked in nature, we can find the answers. And nature did, Mother Nature did amazing things when she created nuts and seeds. She gave them all this protective coating, right? Yeah. Because the whole intent is for them to survive. And so she gave them a shell, right? Yeah. And then she also gave them a coating. It's an acid coating. Mm -hmm. And uh, those two things are meant to keep that particular natter seed safe until it can fully germinate. Mm. But what happens is we come along and we, we take them before they've had a chance to germinate and we bring them into our production oh. facilities and make foods and things out of them, but they haven't really finished their journey yet. And so I like to think of sprouting as finishing what Mother Nature started. All we're really doing is, is soaking them and allowing the acids to break down, the coatings on the mm -hmm. outside to break down, and then drying them at a temperature that doesn't kill off all the good things in them. You know, roasting at high heat just obliterates everything yeah. <laughs> inside of the nut or the seed. But drying at a very low temperature for a long period of time will allow all of the good nutrients and enzymes and things to stay alive. So when mm. you ingest a, a sprouted nut or seed or grain, you're basically something, something that's gone through that whole germination process. The acids are broken down and all of the uh, minerals and the vitamins are now available mm. for your body to use. And it's not trying to fight you. That makes yeah, sense. that makes perfect sense. That's it's it. so much more readily available, the mm -hmm. nutrients. And then you mentioned, too, by drying them at a low temperature, so you're maintaining the nutrients. And that's kind of where the raw aspect of it comes into play, too, as well, right? So exactly. we're not roasting at these high temperatures and burning off all the good stuff. So you're sprouting it, bringing it to that peak, you know, place of, of I guess, the most nutrient-dense phase. Exactly. And then maintaining that by allowing it to stay in that state. Exactly. That's why it's so good. That's why it's so good. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've had so many people tell me what you told yeah. me, that they, they can't eat other nuts or mm -hmm. seeds, but they can eat ours. And, and I, I just really believe in the sprouting. It, it's, it's really hard work to do it from a yeah. production standpoint. There's a lot of extra be super easy to take those and throw them on a pan and mm -hmm. stick them in the oven for 15 minutes at 500 degrees. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, but it's just not, it's not where the nutrition is. Yeah. So. so is that something that someone can do at home easily? So if I buy like a pack of raw almonds or something like that, is that something that can be done like in a bowl of filtered water? What does that look like? Sure, absolutely. There's a lot of guides online about how to sprout, but uh, make sure you get organic, uh, high-quality organic nuts and seeds, mm -hmm. and then you can soak them in uh, water with a, make sure that it's they're fully covered with the water mm -hmm. and sprinkle a little bit of salt in there. That helps uh, 
break down the acids. Mm. And depending on the nut of the seed, it's anywhere from four to 24 hours you can soak them. But as I mentioned, there's lots of guides online that'll help yeah. you understand how long to soak them for. And then if you have a small home dehydrator, you just rinse them, put them in the dehydrator and dehydrate them at a low temperature for about 24 hours or until you get the crunchiness that you want. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. I have a dehydrator, but it's just collecting dust. <laughs> Most so. people do have one in their garage that they don't use. Yes, <laughs> it's collecting dust. It was originally, I, I did nuts and then I ground them into a pulp and I did, well, I did like almond milk and then I did dehydrated the pulp and I made tried to make crackers <laughs> and... <laughs> It was like three days of like, well, you know, so I'm all about purchasing someone else's hard work. <laughs> well, it's funny when you dehydrate. I remember I had an idea to make these zucchini chips Ooh. and they're really delicious. Um, and so I, I went to the farmer's market and I got all this wonderful organic zucchini and I chopped it in these little slices and I seasoned it and I stuck it in my dehydrator and, you know, started dehydrating. Yeah. When I got done, you I had literally had one. <laughs> quarter of a cup, you know, or less. And yeah. it's like, okay, this yeah. isn't going to work. That's so funny. <laughs> so how do you do it now? Like when you're dehydrating all these nuts and seeds, and I know that you have that, you, that's actually one of your products too, which I'm excited about because I love like an on-the-go snack. Um, how do you do that in bulk? What does that look like it's here? It's really hard. We have big so. tanks that we soak in and, and oh then and we have to rinse everything and then it has to get spread on these large trays. And then we have a a dehydrator that's kind of like a freight train. It, it's, it does about 3,000 pounds at a time. Wow. And um, it has these large racks that go in it and it goes like 30 feet in the air and uh, blow, you know, it has to bring uh, air in through a filter system and then it runs the air at a certain humidity and then it takes the the moisture out and puts it back out in the atmosphere. Oh my Our neighbors around here love it because yeah. it always smells like cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> around here the vanilla cool. cinnamon. That's my favorite flavor, <laughs> granola. Oh, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> Make that's you hungry awesome. if you're walking around. Yes. <laughs> I love that. But that's, I, I like to, to give people a little bit of insight as to like what goes into high quality foods because sometimes people are like, oh, I can't eat that way. It's too expensive or I can't shop at, you know, this place or that place. But like, the quality of the food that you're getting and the process behind the sprouting and the dehydration. I mean, like, it's just magical. It's like the time that goes into that and, and the the resources and the knowledge, you know, I think that's just, it, you can taste it. Like you can taste the difference <laughs> oh, when you have a bite. Yeah. Thank it's just amazing. Thank you for recognizing that. It is it's so challenging. And I, I really wish that we lived in a world where really amazing, healthy, organic nutritious food was available to everybody. Mm -hmm. And I would love to champion that cause, um, but I have to also be able to stay in business. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, there's these, all of these pressures on, on a food company. You know, there's one, I wanna make sure the nutrition panel is right. Mm -hmm. So it's not too high in sugar, but it still tastes good, mm -hmm. you know? Then you wanna make sure that you're using really great organic ingredients, but you have to also keep in mind the cost. Mm -hmm. And so when you, you try to find things that taste good, that you can get to market in a reasonable cost, but then you still have to be able to make a, a enough money to stay in business mm -hmm. and pay your employees a fair wage and yeah. offer benefits and these things. So there's, there's all these stresses. And it's um, been a, quite a journey for me. I, I didn't start from any kind of a manufacturing background. Mm -hmm. I, I actually came up through my career as an executive with um, Pacific Bell and AT&T. Mm. And um, so I had a business background, but nothing in food. And mm -hmm. so I have to say one of the biggest challenges for me has been uh, really understanding manufacturing and how to manufacture imagine. and how to scale. And we kind of laugh sometimes I'll be talking with even my parents and they'll go, who are you? <laughs> like, how do you know the things what that you know? What is this lingo? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> food preservation and yeah. water activity meters and just all kinds of crazy things that you, know, you have to learn along the way yeah. to make sure that you're making food and you're making it safe and you're making it at scale. Right. They say owning a food business when you're first starting is very creative and fun and, uh, 
I guess, a nurturing sort of a business. Mm -hmm. But as you get bigger and you get in more distribution, it's a, it's a business. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a lot farther away from that, you know, just yeah. home cooking. So it's a very, it becomes yeah. a very different skill set. It's interesting you say that. I was listening to someone recently talk about that and how to come back to. So a lot of it, I think, is just being comfortable delegating mm -hmm. so that you can come back to the creative aspect of it and like the strategic piece of it, because you're right. When we start a business, there's all these ideas and you're, you really are building that structure, but then it gets to the point where you do have to run a business. So right. do you find that you've been able to let go of some of that control, like, and delegate where, where you need to, so that you're able to kind of get back to like the piece of it that you enjoyed initially? Certainly. Yes. There's always those times, you know, when you come back to it. Yeah. And I think that that's where you have to set out and have a really strong foundation mm -hmm. about what you want the company to be. Yeah. You know, my company, I want it to be a good place to work. I want people to enjoy coming to work. I want them to be treated well. Yeah. I want there to be opportunities for people to grow. And um, I want there to be lots of coaching and lots of um, ways that you can learn. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I want yeah. the employees to be part of the company. You know, so I think that starting with the foundations of what you want it to be, then you can always keep that fun part alive, making new recipes and that type of thing. I love that. How do you come up with your... Um with your with the flavors like I love obviously pumpkin fig because pumpkin everything right now but how do you come up with the different combinations I love the vanilla cinnamon um where do you get that inspiration well vanilla cinnamon was my first baby that okay was the one that I just you know I I'm kind of a, the crazy cook in the kitchen where I just start throwing things together yeah. and taste it and um so that that's kind of how vanilla came from I just those were flavors that appealed to me um, our sweet and salty trail mix was kind of fun. We had, it was in the real early stages, and um, my boyfriend I was saying, you know, you really can't continue to just mix things by hand. You really need mm -hmm. some kind of a mixer. And I couldn't afford these really big mixers. And so he said, well, maybe you could find, like, some kind of a tumbler, like a cement mixer. And oh I said, well, God. I can't mix my granola <laughs> in a cement mixer. And he says, well, you should look. They might have food-grade ones. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't think so. But I went and I looked, and they did. Wow. And so, anyway, I ordered this, uh, this food-grade cement kind of mixer, yeah. <laughs> food mixer, and uh, but it came from like China, I didn't know how to put it together, so my dad and I were putting it together, and uh, we got it put together with these really funky instructions, and uh, we were proud ourselves we got it together, wanted to make sure it worked, so my dad said, let's fire this thing up. I said, okay, let's fire it up, so we started grabbing, you know, I just started grabbing ingredients that I had, yeah. I threw in some almonds, and some raisins, and some cashews, and some pumpkin seeds, and little bit of maple and some vanilla oh. and oh, and then I oh I have some chocolate we just throw chocolate in yeah. and then we just tumbled it and then we tasted it we we're like oh my gosh <laughs> give me more this is so good so that's how that one came out oh um, my goodness but a lot of that was feedback from my farmers market customers oh. they would say oh have you tried this combination and um you know, it sounds really good. And yeah. so then I would go home and I would try. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You can kind of grow with the, yeah. the, with the, with the customers. So when you started at the farmer's market, do you have to like get a license to actually do that? Like, is that, is there a process behind that? Or can you just pop over and, you know, <laughs> with your cute products and set up shop and, and kind of sell or is there like a lot more to it so i i often say it was one of the hardest things i did was really? to get into the farm first you have they have to give you a spot and it's kind of competitive yeah <laughs> and then um then you have to go to the county and they have to give you a permit and that's a whole thing that's really oh, challenging yeah and then you have to get from the state uh, something called a cottage food license if you sell less than forty five thousand dollars a year in food then you can get what's called a cottage food license and you can make it in your kitchen. They send mm -hmm. out a, an inspector to come and make sure your house is, you know, clean and these types of things. And then you can have a cottage food license. Wow. So that process was more challenging than anything <laughs> else you've done. Sometimes <laughs> <both> like it. <laughs> wow. I always wondered because it always, you know, in theory, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I'm going to make these almond milks at home and I'm going to sell them at the farmer's market. But I, I figured there was a lot more to it than that. <laughs> But what a great way to start and to get to know your community and for them to get to know you and to get that feedback and to be able to grow your business into this amazing business that it is now. Like this Thank is, you. I'm, I'm so impressed by the fact that you have this entire facility and 
Um, yeah, it's really amazing. And it started in your kitchen. I love that with the desire to be healthy and to feed your body and to kind of get to the source of, you know, some of the pain that you were feeling. So from your perspective, why do you think it is so important that we eat whole, unprocessed, you know, foods from the earth as much as possible? Well, I think it goes back to what uh, a little bit of what I touched on earlier about nature provides mm -hmm. everything for us. And, yeah. uh, nature is so balanced in terms of what it provides for us and so you know if you eat a strawberry or you eat some fruit you're getting all the fiber you're getting mm -hmm. all this wonderful fiber you're getting all these wonderful vitamins and minerals and it's just um it's all there for us and we make it so complicated mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know we want to yeah. go in and process it and put all these things in there that aren't naturally occurring and i don't think our bodies are made to process those things yeah. and that's where trouble comes in it's so true. I agree. You know, even just like looking at this strawberry, it is absolutely 100% perfect. It like is. it's full of the seeds and the stem and the skin and you get the fiber and people worry like, oh, fruit, the sugar. And I'm like, well, don't drink six fruit juices every day with none of, you know, the, the other content. Um, and you get the fiber and, and it's just, yeah, it is. It's amazing. And, and I always say like you can taste the sun. When you have like produce from the earth and people are like, are you high? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I wish, I'm, uh, but, but no, um, but you can taste it. You can. you can taste like the sun from a delicious like vine ripened tomato or something like that or a strawberry in the summer and to be able to put that into your body. Like, I don't know if, if you were like this ever or as a kid, but I remember saying to my mom once, like, don't you feel your cells like regenerating when you drink water when you're thirsty and she's like no <laughs> like, she's but like, I do <laughs> I feel it like it's I amazing. can tell and when I eat something and obviously I eat processed foods I'm not perfect like I love a, I do love Kraft macaroni and cheese <laughs> I won't eat it because it's not something I want to be eating but it tastes delicious and I, I know when I eat something like that like I'm just so tired it did nothing for me like I have no energy I feel like my skin looks bad. Like it's just, it, it doesn't fuel you. It doesn't provide, it provides nothing essentially. You Absolutely. know, it provides it nothing. It robs you yeah. actually. It literally robs your body of, of what, it, what it needs mm -hmm. to be fueled. And yeah. I, I was, uh, had opportunity recently to have this perfectly ripe peach. And uh, I swear it's the best peach. I couldn't stop talking about <laughs> it for like a week. <laughs> you know, you just bite into it and, and I just think I, don't need anything else yeah. with this peach. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And I think we get so removed from from where our food comes from. Mm -hmm. like, I love it when it's blackberry season. Mm -hmm. I will literally go home from work and walk in my backyard and just eat blackberries off oh. the vine. And it's just I so, that. I don't know, it stirs something in me. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm really connected to earth and that the earth can provide mm -hmm. for what I need without you know, craft or General Mills or, yeah. or anybody, really. Yeah, and those companies are really just after trying to perfect that flavor anyway. So you, you have the original, you right. know, the original in your backyard. Right. I love that. Yeah, it's been, I, you know, I've noticed such a difference in, in when I focus more on whole, unprocessed foods. I've noticed that other areas of my life, of my health improve. So my skin looks better. My energy levels are better. I sleep better. I have less anxiety, you know, when I'm eating, when I'm incorporating all of those foods in the way that they're meant to be eaten. So I love that. And I, I'm so jealous that you have space and you have land. <laughs> and you have. Um, but do you have any tips for somebody who has very limited space? Like maybe I can do a planter on my rooftop deck or somebody who has like a little patch of grass. Like what grows well? What can we do in small spaces that we can incorporate into like maybe many different foods or dishes? Well, uh, I think herbs. Mm. Herbs are so great. You know, I made a mistake of planting mint in one of my raised garden boxes, and I mean, it just it just takes over. Really, mint just takes over everything. But you can have it in a little pot, mm. and you can use it to put in like a you know little bit of uh, sparkling water, or you can use it in all kinds of recipes. It's yeah. wonderful, but. Rosemary, you know, brings bees. I'm really mm. big into things that'll bring bees into your yard. Yeah. And keeps the wildlife happy. Um, and so just, I think, thyme and um, basil's a little bit harder because it... Um, 
dies out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. You have to really kind of fuss with it, but some of yeah. the other herbs you don't have to. And there's so many new uh, gadgets that are coming out that you can grow little home gardens I've seen in small them. places. Like the, the vertical mm -hmm. ones, too, are really yeah. cool. That's very cool. Yeah. I think when I first started gardening, I think my mistake was that I planted too much at once. So I had to learn how you you're going to plant lettuce, mm. you know, don't go and just plant lettuce all in the same stage, a whole big right. box of it. Right. <laughs> it's really hard to eat that much yeah. lettuce, I mean, you know, and yeah. then, then it that ends up sense. going to the chickens or to compost, which is fine. But I mean, you know, you have to just think about how much you normally would go mm -hmm. through in a week or two weeks. And you have to very stage the produce that's that good way. to know I wouldn't have thought of that yeah. either I'm gonna have to pick your brain later about how to even grow I have rosemary I did rosemary and it's some wildflowers and I have seedlings for basil mint thyme I use a lot of that and I wanted to grow but I'm, I'm afraid to plant it now because I, I think I killed the rosemary and the rose bush and the wildflowers <laughs> So I need help. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that. We've all had garden fans. Yeah, so. It was my first attempt. I have this nice planter that was left from the tenant before us, and I had my husband paint it for me, and then I went oh. and I got these flowers, and I was thinking, the bees, this is so nice. It's going to smell so good. I've even taught my son. There's a rosemary bush in, on our kind of walk through the neighborhood where we live, and I always stop and have him, like, pull his hand on the piece of rosemary and then smell it. And he always smells the mint when I, like, crush it up in my hand. So I want to keep that going with him. Um, but, yeah, I didn't do a very good job <laughs> <laughs> at all. Well, you can always come back to it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to. We're going to have to try again. Did you have lots of sun? Maybe too much. No. No? Maybe too much water. <sighs> Maybe. Because it's on the rooftop in Sherman Oaks. So okay. in the summer, it's like you could literally fry an egg on the on the roof up there. So maybe I overwatered it thinking it was too hot. I don't know. We'll have to chat. We'll, to, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about kind of your daily routine. Do you have a morning routine? Is there like a process, a, a morning that is like your ideal morning? What does that look like for you? Well, I... I Usually, get up. The first thing I do is go let the chickens out. Um, How nice! They have to be put in at night. So I that love that. No critters get them right. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing I do. I walk out, collect the eggs, and then, and then I um, come in. I do some breathing. Mm -hmm. I really believe in, in the importance of breath. Yeah. It's such something we take uh, so for granted, but it's, it it really has a way to just reinvigorate your whole life. Yeah. You take, and even if it's six, just really deep belly breaths it's amazing how it can just center mm -hmm. you into your day yeah is um, that what you do you do that like six belly breaths I do. I do the four seven eight breathing about two times a day like because I I would like to do like longer periods but it just doesn't happen um but so your breath work practice is six deep belly breaths six deep belly breaths nice absolutely what and a great way to start your day too I always start with, uh, even if it's in my mind, I try to journal it, Just, but just a couple of things that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. um, really having gratitude, is, I feel, grounds you. Mm -hmm. And then I, I like to be able to do yoga. I haven't um, done it 100% every day, mm -hmm. but I do really like to do that yeah. uh, in the mornings. And so, so nice. Yeah, do you do it outside? I have a little studio in little Cute. art studio that I will do that. You're living my dream life right oh, now. No, you're so funny. <laughs> this is my vision. This is where I'm headed. Manifesting. <laughs> like, yes, yes. I love that. I, you know, I, I have a very similar morning routine. I get up and I like to, I wish I had chickens, but I'll let the cat out of the bathroom that he important. sleeps in. <laughs> and um, I'll do my, my breath work. I try to do that because I find that, um, I really feel like that 30 minutes after you wake up when your stress hormones are kind of elevated because I've, I've read that it's that primitive nature to kind of scan for danger. You know, if you're waking up in a cave somewhere back in the day, you would, where, where are my children? Do we have food? Do we have shelter? And I feel that very strongly in the morning. So if I don't temper that with like the breath work, the gratitude journal, um, not looking at my phone when I wake up, then I think I'm like, triple elevated. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you do that as well. I think whenever we're trying to come into like a more mindful way of living, I think breath work is always 
like a common ground. It, it's, yeah. it's just, it changes everything. And it's something you can do anywhere. You can do it in the car. You can do it in your bed. You can do it in the shower. You can do it any moment of any day. You can just stop and take those few moments. And then it shifts your entire energy and mindset. Yeah, but isn't it so funny how it's something we take so for granted? Yeah. I started a, a, a class, actually, um, that's being offered here in town by this wonderful woman, and she's teaching a breath course. And Amazing. You, know, you think, well, how could you, how, what do you learn? But it's uh, learning how to take breaths and to really be just in the moment of mm -hmm. that breath. I guess it's an extension of meditation. Yeah. You know, where, where you focus on the breath. But she said something last night in the first class that really stuck with me, and it's that the breath is really the language of your soul. Mm. You know, it's really you know, speaking to, I, I don't mean to get too far down. No, I love road, it. But, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but it really is. It's just this universal uh, thing that keeps us all alive. Yeah. And we forget that that is happening every minute of the day. Yeah. And that's what keeps us alive. So. That's it's super important. It's powerful. There was something I read recently. In the mornings, I'll read like a, a passage from um, the Book of Awakening by Mark Nepo. I don't know if you've heard of that, but he had, there was something one day and it was about focusing on that moment where after you exhale, you need to take the relief that you get by having that inhale. You know what I mean? Like the way that life just continues naturally without you know thinking much about it but when you actually are mindful of that it's it's amazing it's amazing what is happening and that we're breathing and that you know plants are breathing the earth is breathing they say that you know the rainforests are like the lungs of of the earth and i could go down like a rabbit hole with I this but that, it is I so love. connected is, I, I love that you're doing that and <laughs> we all breathing is amazing our, i don't know our bodies even our lives as so separate but as you're talking about it, it's all really connected mm -hmm. in so many lovely ways but we yeah. forget we get focused on our to-do lists and our you know what we're making for dinner and all mm -hmm. these things we have to do and I do those things too I mean I get I get off on the wrong you know track sometimes yeah too. but I can always find my way back yeah you know by by just remembering that I have this gift and this is to breathe yeah. and to really just focus on what that really means and that mm -hmm. always grounds me you know mm -hmm. that I get to take that next breath and that's something yeah. that you know the other people don't you know they've lost that opportunity yeah right? yeah it's so yeah. true life happens but being able to come back to that and to to be present in that moment and really have gratitude and appreciate that it really it can change our life mm -hmm. you know I think when we get on that hamster wheel and we're just go 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 all the time we lose we lose that and it's so important to try to cultivate that. And it's never too late. So too if late. you find, you know, if anyone's listening, they find themselves like, oh, my God, I'm on that wheel. I've been on it for <laughs> 10 years. Like you can stop right now and do six deep belly breaths. And yeah. in fact, you should. <laughs> Let's all do it. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I think, though, that one thing that's really important as we talk about this is that we all get on the wrong path sometimes, mm -hmm. and I think that it's good to, to forgive ourselves, too, mm. because I know that I've listened to podcasts and things that people were doing really positive things, and if I haven't been in a place where I'm practicing or doing that, I, I feel bad, and I wouldn't yeah. want that to, anybody to feel bad. I would want them to know that, that, they can, that it's something so simple, mm -hmm. just sitting for a few minutes is enough yeah and that just gets you that step closer yeah you, know? you always come back to it do. I, I do I, I think about that too like we talk especially when we talk about things like morning routines I feel like sometimes people get overwhelmed because they're like well I have to breathe and do lemon water and journal right. and 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 run and yoga and breath work and meditation and and then they wake up and they missed one of those things and they're like well just forget it forget it all mm -hmm. and I always try to remind people like you just mm -hmm. said that you can always come back to it. It's not supposed to be perfect. It's just these tools that you can pull from when you need them. So I always encourage people to have like this set of tools that you decide that day which ones you kind of want to utilize. So it, maybe that's you have time to do breath work and ground, you know, put your feet on the earth outside. 
do that. It doesn't mean you failed that day because you didn't do all the things. Right. And that's, I like that you brought that up because I think that's oh, yeah. important. Yeah. So important. Yeah. We Even all just, just have breathing. to do what, you know, what we can. Yeah. So you're, you have, you're working with someone who's teaching a breathwork class. Is it in person? Do they do virtual as well? I don't think she has virtual. Um, I'll have to ask her, but uh, yeah. she, and I'll let you know yeah. <laughs> if she does. But uh, this one is just here in town. Very cool. She does, and she does uh, lots of workshops. She went and studied uh, over in India. Mm. And uh, she does yoga. She does kirtan singing and um, mm. breath work. And I don't know, in her presence, I just kind of go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I took a meditation course with her. On We have this really lovely uh place here in Ojai called Meditation Mount mm -hmm. and it's up on a mountain it has lovely views and it's a meditation center and I went to a workshop there where we oh. she, she just she had us dance and and just uh, do a little bit of yoga and I don't know it's just finding yourself yeah. when you get lost and it's yeah. really lovely in the flow and just like not worrying about what you look mm -hmm. like what you who's around right. like just completely being comfortable with yourself in that moment. And I it's love weird that. how hard it can be. Yeah. It can be hard to let go of yeah. the judgment. Especially in physical movement. Mm -hmm. physical I think movement. that dance is so important. I find that challenging. Like I feel very self-conscious mm -hmm. and learning to let go of that, I think is so powerful. It is. Absolutely. Amazing. We're too hard on ourselves. We are. And no one cares as much as we do. No it's one crazy. cares. Everyone's paying it, everyone's worried about themselves. <laughs> right. Like in a workout class, you know, I, some people will say, well, I'm, I'm older or I'm overweight and I can't do the poses. And I'm like, everyone's thinking the same thing about themselves. Like they're not, they're not looking at you, right. you know, exactly. like just go. They're all just trying to do it. <laughs> I've learned cute. to get over that. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm here. That's all that matters. <laughs> that's right. Like, this is for me. <laughs> What is your favorite way to wind down at night? Well, I always find myself back in the garden. Mm. As I, I have a hammock out amongst the trees. I like to go yeah. and sit there and read. And that's my favorite way. I just kind of watch the sun hit or set on the <sighs> mountains and Beautiful. just enjoy being outside and go for a walk. Or if I haven't gotten exercise in earlier, I'll do some exercise. But primarily, I just... Mm. I love just being in the yard with the animals and the and the yeah uh, nature. That's beautiful. My favorite. Go for a hike in the mountains, something like that. Yeah. How different, if at all, is your life now from when you were working for you know a corporate, a large corporate entity? Like, was your morning routine and your evening routine different? Like, have you completely shifted your lifestyle? Completely shifted. I. I wasn't, uh, as I wasn't very in tune with myself mm -hmm. when I was younger, and, uh, and it, uh, a lot of these practices I wasn't in tune with, and until I really came back to where I, here's where I grew up here in mm -hmm. Ojai, and I think there I really found myself again. Yeah, and that's been nice. I love that. There's something about Ojai too. I think it just like speaks to you. Like the mountains just speak to you. It calls to you. Like it pulls on your soul. It does. <laughs> I think so. I, I I know that I'm biased. Yeah. I love it. But you know, the this town was really founded by the Shumash Indian tribes, mm -hmm. and they lived here for many many years. And there's lots of um, folklore and, and things that they have about Ojai. But one of the things I always said is there's crystals in the in the mountains and they're healing oh. crystals and so it brings a healing energy and I don't know that anyone's found a crystal in the mountains but that's always sort of been the folklore um, yeah. from the Shumash and for so many years people have come here to heal their bodies yeah. and their minds. A very famous philosopher Krishnamurti uh, came to Ojai mm. and had, has a, founded a school here and lots of philosophers and um, of course we have spas wow. and so it seems to be something magical about yeah. it. Wow, that is really cool. I feel it. I believe it. What um, what kind of, what was the catalyst to the career change? So what what made you decide to kind of get in alignment with yourself and come back to, you know, I guess your authentic self? I know that's such a trendy kind of cliche phrase right now, but it is, it, it's accurate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It was a bit of a journey. I, I had um, moved back east and 
at the time when I was with the company, they didn't have a division back there mm -hmm. for me to move to. And um, I had just had my children, and so I decided to retire from corporate America mm -hmm. and stay home and do some freelance work for, for some time. Okay. And then in 2010, I went, I was living up in New York and I went through divorce and I really had to think about where I wanted to raise my children at mm -hmm. that point. And I just knew I wanted to come back. Amazing. We, we talked about manifesting and um, I, I believe in it so strongly. Almost everything that's happened positive in my life. Yeah. I remember this faint little thought in the back of my mind that I never even really told anybody, but I remember having that thought. And I remember coming home in the summers from New York and visiting my parents and, and just walking into somewhere in my subconscious thinking, I want to be back here. Oh my gosh, that goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just sounds so silly, but I, I, I just remember that. Oh and I gosh. remember... I remember having thoughts about what I wanted for my company, but not speaking of it, you know, just being sort of partially You aware. innately knew. I didn't really remember until it happens, and yeah. then I kind of remember thinking of it. So there is wow. something about setting that intention. There's yeah. something there. Do you follow Lacey Phillips, the To Be Magnetic podcast? And no. oh my God, you would love her. So she lives in Topanga. Okay. Um, and she, um, she has created this practice of manifestation through neural reprogramming okay. and kind of going back into your, a lot of the workshops go back into kind of your childhood and your, basically your subconscious beliefs about your self-worth and how you can really manifest anything. And she's almost like, you know what, if you want to manifest like a nice house and an expensive car, do that because then when that's out of the way, you'll start to really get in tune with the things that matter to you because you'll realize that that doesn't really matter. Um, I just, yeah, I love her practices. I wasn't sure if you were a follower, but you would, you would enjoy her. Yeah. And that manifestation, I agree with you. You know, I, a lot of like the corporate jobs that I've had, they served their purpose. Mm -hmm. And I always knew in the back of my mind that they were not forever, that there was something else. And I think we make these subconscious decisions that lead us where we're meant to be. Absolutely. That's yeah, really cool. Mm -hmm. But it also, it, it could be something as simple as, is it's what you give attention to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if, once you're very clear, uh, or you set the intention of something that you want to have happen, mm -hmm. uh, then you, you subconsciously start making mm -hmm. uh, decisions that yeah. lead you there. So it can be that simple as well. Yeah, you cultivate, you almost, you grow it. It's yeah. like growing something in the garden. You you water it and you give life to it and you cultivate it. Was there a, a thought, you know, was there something that you can pinpoint that you remember thinking like, I want to give life to this. I want to um, cultivate this this dream or goal that I have. Mm. Or is it maybe easier just looking back where you're like, oh, I see that I was always on this path. I just remember that I always was, once I started with my company, mm -hmm. I always had in my head where I wanted to go. Okay. I always wanted it to become a bigger yeah. company. And I look back now and I think if I knew everything I knew yeah. now, I probably never right. in a million years. <laughs> it's better to not know. That step, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I knew, I knew that that's where I wanted to take it. Wow, so. I love that. What a difference from living in New York, too, to being, were you in the city? I was uh, about 20 miles north of Manhattan. Okay. Yeah, along wow. the Hudson River. Uh, beautiful, uh, they call them the river towns. Yeah. Really beautiful. But very different than yeah. here, for sure. Wow. Yeah. I love that, though, because now you have perspective, and you've got, you know, different, kind of different, um, like, chapters that you can pull from and reference, and, and you know where you want to be. Yeah. I love that. I, I just think that life is such a journey, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, uh, for each of us, it's, uh, but I, when, if I had anything I could say to my younger self, it would just be that to enjoy where you are. Yeah. Um, just to enjoy where you are. You know, you have, you can always make your path change. Yeah. You know, but. There was something I saw recently, it was a quote, and it's something about being grateful for where you are while also working to achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. Something along those lines. I'm sure it was more eloquent than that. <laughs> but yeah, fine. but you're right. Like stopping, and I think that goes back again to like stopping for a moment, slowing down, taking those deep breaths, spending time in the garden and being present 
while simultaneously working towards the life that you want, you know, instead of missing it all because every day that goes by, you've missed, you've missed, you've missed. So I love that. I think that's really important to, to be present and to enjoy it. Yeah. It's all getting you and to understand what that means, you, you mm-hmm. know, to really understand what that means. It was, um, I was watching something recently where, um, Gosh, what was it? It was some show where somebody was talking about being present, mm-hmm. and they were saying that they said to their child that they were thinking about getting a dog or something like that. And the kid was very excited, and he goes, "Oh, you would like that?" And he goes, "Yeah, I would. I would give me something to do while you and mommy are on your phone, you know." <laughs> oh, and it's no. like, you know, <laughs> oh, it, it stings. Yeah. But how many of us? I mean, how many of us have done that? And. Uh, there's just saying to be present, and then there's learning how to actually make that practical, mm-hmm. how to set something down and look somebody in the eye mm-hmm. and have those rich conversations. And yeah. You know, those, that's where the practice is. Yeah, it's so true. I, um, I have an alarm in my phone every three hours, so four times a day I think I have it set. And it's exactly for that. It's just to, for me to stop. And just take a pause because when I get started, I just go, 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 go. And That's it's like, easy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, stop. And I just take like a few deep breaths. Sometimes I do the four, seven, eight breath work, but it's just a moment to bring me back to exactly where I am in that moment That's and so to just smart. kind of take a minute. Someone else's idea, but I've implemented that. And I think it helps just to like remind me, like, yeah, I need to just stop for a minute. <laughs> just made to make it look. Keep us all addicted. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Oh my God, the phone. It's yeah. I don't even. I never look at my screen time because I don't want to know. And then I'm like, it's work. I'm working. It's right. work. I have to. It's work. It's not aimless scrolling on Instagram. It's work. Right. But if my son sees my phone on the like, I'll put it face down, you know, on the other side of the room to play with him. He goes and gets it and brings it to me and is like, Mama. Oh. Like, here, you forgot your phone. Oh, and I'm gosh. like, oh, that's so sad. I know. <laughs> so he's sad. become like an appendage, right? Yeah, he's like, you're missing something. Right. Oh, I know, so I have to be better about it's that. A, well, it's a challenge for everybody. Yeah. Especially, I mean, he doesn't know any different. He was born with this thing in front of right. his face, me taking pictures. <laughs> and, you know, this is all he's seen is this square phone in front of him. Right. But you're absolutely right, just being present. And I think creating a life that allows you to be present, which you've done really well, having a garden, having, you know, a a little homestead and and being able to spend your mornings and your evenings in that space, like that didn't just plop into your lap. Like you created that life for yourself and then you're able to immerse yourself in that and to be present and to enjoy that. So I think it's important too to remember that like there is action behind it. You know, you, you can't just manifest something and it's, you know, there the next day. It's yeah. actually like putting it out into the universe and then taking the steps to make it a reality. Yeah, it's a series of choices, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I always say that the things that you do every day make up your... I don't say that as someone else's quote, but the <laughs> things that you do every day make up your life. Annie Diller, right? Yeah. That was her quote. Um, but she's right. Uh, so I try to live by that where I say that, but I live by that is that you know, we all have these like lofty goals and ambitions and this vision of a life that we want, but what are we doing today? Like what choices did I make this afternoon, this morning, this evening, because that's going to be what my life is. So I think that's really important. That's so smart. Yeah. I love that. Um, Quick question about, so when you were a kid, if you look back to like the things that you enjoyed as a child, does that align to the things that you're doing today? No. Not at all. Sometimes I find like we go back to like the things that we enjoyed when we were a kid, like sometimes in a creative pursuit. What did you want to be when you were younger? I wanted to be a veterinarian. Oh, okay. So that's. (laughs) I guess there's some links there. I I love animals. Very close. (laughs) I had a list of, you know, like I wanted to have a penguin and a dolphin, you know, when you were really little, right? Yeah. I've always, I love uh, the spirit of animals so much. That's so very similar to what you're doing I now. I guess it is. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining You found your way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'd like to do just a couple, like, quick rapid-fire questions. First thing that comes to mind, what's your favorite food? My favorite food is an apple. Ooh. <laughs> a specific, what, what kind of apple? I love Fuji apples. Okay. Really crisp Fuji apple. I think when my kids were growing up, they would... I would drive him crazy because I was always 
spouting off the, <laughs> the, yeah, how much I enjoyed apples. I'm like, they're the perfect food. They're yeah. sweet. They're crunchy. You know, it's like they're filling. They have all this fiber. Oh and I, it's, I just love them. And I like them in so many different ways. That's great. I love that. I'm a honey crisp girl. Oh, a honey crisp yeah. girl. I like, I like that. The flavor and the crunch. <laughs> I gave one to Wyland once, and and it was he was just the face he made. I'm like he was like, Ooh. I'm like, did it get you right here? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, That's cute. What three things would you have on a deserted island? Oh, I'd have sparkling water. I mm. love sparkling water. I don't know, you know how important water is for you. Yes. I would have lots and lots of fresh fruit, assuming it's a tropical island, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'd probably have my lemon blueberry granola. Perfect. Because I love that. I love it. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite book? Oh, I have so many um, books, but I I really like, because of all the things that we've been talking about, I really like Eckhart Tolle's mm. A New Earth. Oh. And his book is not giving you a new process that you have to sign up to, and it's not... Um, it's not giving you guilt about, you know, you need to learn this and you need to do this in your life. He's just really saying that freedom and joy is available to everyone mm. through being present. And so I like the way he writes. I like the way he tells his message. And I think it's a book that I just always go back to. Yeah. Beautiful. I need to check that out. Yeah. I, oh, I have a list. I have a list of books. <laughs> that one will be on it. Um, what's your favorite song? <laughs> I'm sure there's so I many. Don't have a, I was laughing because uh, I have this joke with my kids, and I, I just I love being a mom. Yeah. And, uh, when uh, the kids were growing up, we used to uh, they used to love to watch SpongeBob. Yeah. And there was a version of SpongeBob where Gary the the, the starfish. No, Gary's the. Um, He's a snail. Oh, okay. He's, uh, SpongeBob's pet. He leaves home and they sing this song called Gary Come Home. Oh, Some of your listeners will know what I talk about. It's the funniest song. That's hilarious. Anyway, I love it. I like this little funny ditty song because it gets stuck in your head. Yeah. But also it just reminds me of being home with my children and just, you know, having a good laugh over that. I mean, yeah. I think every year on my birthday they pay, play me Gary Come Home as a joke. But, um, there's another song that I really like that's old, and it's um, called uh, Make Me Smile by Steve Harley. Aww. And it's an, and I also have really lovely memories of my son when he was about five or six. We used to crank it up super loud. Mm. It's a very happy song, and we would dance around the kitchen Aww. and sing it. And so every now and then, even now he's 18, we still crank up the that Make Me so Smile cute. song and dance. And there's you know certainly songs that I enjoy more than... Gary come home right. that. But <laughs> those are the ones that are coming from my heart. I love Because that. they're experiential. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's sentiment behind <laughs> there's it. There's sentiment behind I it. I love right. that. <laughs> kind of the way like a scent. I always recognize like certain smells will remind me of somewhere I was or yeah. a period of time in my life. And I think that's really cool. That like olfactory memory and also like the audio aspect of that. Right. Isn't it funny how yeah. something can just trigger this feeling in mm -hmm. you? Just a smell. Yeah. Or a song. Or yeah. I love that. And that's also why it's so important to be present so that you build those memories right. and you can kind of, you know, have that with you. Very cool. Um, since this is the Feel Better podcast, what's one thing that you think everyone can be doing right now to feel better? Well, gosh, I'm going to sound like a broken record, <laughs> but I have to say it's breathe. Yeah. Breathe in a, in a purposeful way. Yeah. And I think that's the simplest thing. You don't need any home equipment. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have a mat. You don't need to have a friend. You can do it at your desk. And I think mm -hmm. um, just taking a couple of breaths and feel it go into your belly and mm -hmm. being just thinking about something you're grateful for can just change your life. You're right. You're right. That's probably the best tip ever. I couldn't agree with that more. When you're nervous, when you're excited, when you're anxious, when you're tired, when you're happy, I mean, it just benefits you in every yes. way. I love that. I love that. And it's totally free. Yeah. And you don't, you don't need anything. No equipment, nothing. I love that. That's perfect. <laughs> um, where can everyone find you? Where can they find your products? Where can they follow along? How can everyone keep in touch? Oh, thank you for asking mm -hmm. that. Our products are uh, distributed nationwide through Sprouts, 
And in the Sprouts store, we're not in the traditional grocery aisle. We're in the superfood section. So oh, a lot okay. of people go to Sprouts looking for us and can't find us, but we're in superfoods. And uh, we're in Whole Foods in Southern California. We're at uh, Mom's Market on the east. Um, if, you, if you go to our website, mm -hmm. larkellenfarm.com, we have a store locator. We're in mm -hmm. about 1,200 stores throughout the country. We also sell on our website, and we sell on Amazon. Oh, so cool. you can find us in a lot of different places. And uh, we have our Instagram, and we have a blog uh, that you can sign up for. Wonderful. I love your Instagram page, by the way. Thank it's you. It's very, um, it just makes you feel good. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. It's very well, we pretty. We have a, a very, very wonderful person who, who uh, puts her heart and soul yeah. into it. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Lovely. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. I love when these conversations start with food and go in a completely different direction, you know, and just get so much deeper. So thank you for, you know, sharing your journey and, and being open and, and candid about a lot of it and really kind of going into those places with me. I think it's so thank important. And this was just lovely. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for spending the time with me and coming to Ojai to visit yeah, me. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to rate and review, and also follow along on Instagram at holistic.w.kristen, and I will see you soon.